0: Welcome to episode 340 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, biohacker, author of What, When, Why, and creator of the supplement line Avalon X. And I'm here with my co-host, Vanessa Spina, sports nutrition specialist, author of Keto Essentials, and creator of the Tone Breath Ketone Analyzer and Tone Lux Red Light Therapy Panels. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and ketogenicgirl.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this show do not constitute medical advice or treatment. To be featured on the show, email us your questions to questions at ifpodcast.com. We would love to hear from you. So pour yourself a mug of black coffee, a cup of tea, or even a glass of wine, if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi friends, I'm about to tell you how to get three pounds of organic chicken thighs, two pounds of grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef, or one pound of premium grass-fed, grass-finished steak tips, all for free, plus $20 off. That's right. We're talking pounds of meat for free, plus $20 off. Friends, I love meat and seafood. My favorite way to get it is Butcher Box. It has been for years, and it's one of those things where I just sort of become more and more obsessed the more I use it, especially with all the greenwashing that's going on today with meat and seafood. There's a lack of transparency. It can be hard to know what you're actually getting, and it can be expensive. ButcherBox addresses all of that. to choose your free offer and get that $20 off. ButcherBox.com slash IFpodcast with code IFpodcast. And we'll put all this information in the show notes.
1: New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order, beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show.
0: Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 340 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Vanessa Spina. Hi, everybody. And Vanessa, this actually airs the day before Halloween.
1: Ooh, spooky.
0: I know. Do you think you'll be dressing up for it this year?
1: Yeah, I was just talking with some friends this morning. So we, we met up for coffee and a walk, and we were talking about Halloween. And one of our friends who was throwing the Halloween party moved to Brussels. So we were talking about what we're going to do and costumes and all of that. And yeah, I guess it, it sort of gets on on everyone's mind around this time of year. We might throw a Halloween party. We'll see. But yeah, I, I think Halloween is is super fun. It was definitely my favorite holiday when I was little. I loved all the candy. <laughs> but the dressing up is, is really fun. So I don't have a costume in mind right now. I feel like we talked about... Costumes on a recent episode. Did you have one in mind that you were? We are talking about princesses. I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have since, as of yesterday, that we we're recording this,
0: made my final decisions about costumes, and I'm so excited. I'm going to a aquarium. The aquarium does like this cool Halloween party thing, so I'm going to do that on the weekend, and I'm going to dress up like Sleeping Beauty. Oh, that's awesome. The costume says, sleeping. what does it say? It says, Sleeping Princess, because it's like the off-label. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then for Halloween Halloween, my sister and I, I am so excited. We're going to dress up like Taylor Swift and Lana Del Rey. It's going to be a vibe.
1: I wonder who will be who.
0: <laughs> I know. I don't know. You'll have to wait and see. I know. <laughs> but I actually ordered. I'm so excited. I ordered. Because have you seen the... How she has the era's movie coming. Oh, it will have already come out by the time this airs.
1: Oh, cool.
0: The The concert movie, which has, I won't make this a whole Taylor Swift monologue, but it's broken the records for the highest pre-sales of any movie in all of history. It's already made like $26 million, I think, and it comes out in October. But regardless, I have ordered all the pieces I need to reconstruct the costume she's wearing on the poster, which is her lover's outfit. It's like this rhinestone beautiful bathing suit with fishnet stockings or, or fishnet stockings and really high boots. So I ordered like the bathing suit and I'm going to bejewel it myself with rhinestones. And then I ordered seven pairs of boots and I'm going to see which one looks the most like it and then return the others. It's going to be on point.
1: That's exciting and fun.
0: I'm very excited. And my sister does not like dressing up for Halloween. So she's excited because she's just going to dress up like a normal person, you know, like Lana Del Rey, like a normal person. So I can't wait to see if you guys dress up like as a family.
1: Yeah, we probably will do a family costume. I think that's, yeah, that's going to be how it goes (laughs) for the next little while. But it's pretty fun. So last year I wanted to do at first Cinderella and Pete would be Prince Charming and Luca would be a pumpkin. It's like the friggin' most cute Halloween costume ever for a baby. I think that was my first costume, I think. Like personally. I was really excited about it. I think I I mentioned that Pete was like he saw the, the Prince Charming costume and he was like, No. <laughs> so we nixed that, even though I really wanted to see Luca and a pumpkin, but we went with the cat, you know, theme, like the cheetah and the lion and the, the baby. So we'll have to we'll have to come up with something. Maybe I could get Pete to do the Prince Charming. We'll see if he'll veto it or not. But yeah, it's really fun to do like, uh, you know, costumes all together, really enjoy it. It's a fun reason, you know, to go out. We actually had a date night last night, which is very rare for us. And we went to see a stand-up comedian that was here from the U.S. And it was really fun to go out and have a date night. But it was like not an enjoyable evening at all. Because when we got there, they made us lock our phones in these pouches and you could not, you had to set your phone on vibrate and you could not take the phone out for any reason. Except if there was like an emergency, like your phone was going off and then you have to like leave this huge like auditorium Go back down to the lobby. Find someone to unlock your pouch. So, like. Whoa. Yeah. So, this is our first time leaving Luca. We dropped him off at a friend's house. And, you know, he's two. Like, he's not, like, five or six or whatever. He's only two. And his buddy, they had, like, a play date. And, but it was our first time doing it. It was a first time for them as well. We really trust the parents. Like, we're really close with them and they're very responsible and they have a kid the same age. So, obviously, they know what to do. But Pete and I could not relax the entire time because we had told them if there's something goes wrong, like, just call us and, you know, the phone will vibrate and we'll go, we'll leave. But the whole time I was like, what if my phone's not on right now? What if, like, it doesn't vibrate? What if it doesn't work? It's all. We could think about and you also it's a weird experience also because you can't even check the time so the whole show was like delayed by 45 minutes and that 45 minutes like we had no idea like what was going on we were there with some friends but like we couldn't relax at all it felt like two it was actually three hours total it felt like three hours of torture <laughs> and like you know, when you go... We love going to see stand-up comedy. It was one of the things we did the most, you know, before we had Luca. Like, we would go to comedy shows together. And you have to be in a relaxed state, right? Like, to laugh and, like, enjoy yourself. And the whole time, we were, like, clutching each other's hands. Like, white knuckling. It's just like, make the jokes be over. <laughs> and then we, like... Bolted when we thought it was like starting to wrap up, so that we could just like run down to the lobby and not wait in line to have our phones unlocked. But we got over to our friend's house. Luca was having the time of his life, which would have been great to know (laughs) because he was like not even a single tear, didn't even notice we were gone. So we could have been having so much fun, but we couldn't relax the whole time. And then we got home, we were like, We are never doing that ever again. (laughs) Like, if we could have just check them, you know, every half hour and just know that everything was fine. We could have relaxed, but because we like couldn't even access them, it was just like really stressful. So anyway, (laughs) that was like our first date night in a little while, but it was still nice to just like be together by ourselves, I guess.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, first of all, okay. It's very eerie that you're talking about this because I was literally going to talk about this concept. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Isn't that weird? Another alignment. Another alignment episode. Before I say what I was going to say. So did they tell you
0: beforehand that that was going to be the situation?
1: Yeah, but we only found out like a day before. You know, they sent out like an e-blast to everyone who had purchased tickets. And it was like very strict. And it was like if you're caught taking your phone out from the pouch or whatever you're going to be escorted out of the venue like it was really strict and we were trying to figure out like okay what is going on with this because our friends we were there with said that they thought maybe that this comedian was filming a Netflix special and that's they didn't want like clips to be leaked which to me is like uh, like clips are good for publicity but lately in the news I'm sure you've seen there's been a lot of incidents with like performers like And audience members and their phones, like there was one, I think it was a country singer, like she interrupted her concert because the people were taking selfies on their phone. And then there was like, there was like some weird interactions recently with like someone through a mic and the phone and the drink and I don't know. So we're like, I don't know what this is, but it was just a weird feeling. And like, if we didn't have a child, I wouldn't have minded. But, you know, it was really not, like, practical for <laughs> people who have little ones, right? Anyway, that, your question was, did we know? So, yeah, we, we kind of knew, but only, like, right before. And I would not have bought tickets if I knew that that was going to be the scenario. Wow. That's only happened to me once where they
0: were that intense. And it was when I was doing background on an Apple commercial. Oh. And they took our phones and they made a sign up contract saying we would have i told you this story before saying that we would never say we were in this commercial even after it came out i was like that's odd that is strange and they didn't tell us it was apple it had like a secret code word
1: but we figured out it was apple obviously <laughs> like the actor was <laughs> like holding an apple phone that's really fun i've been in some commercials like commercial shoots and i did some modeling when i was younger and those shoots are so long like. It's an all day like it's an all day process and they're so boring. What's crazy, cause I went through my my background acting phase where I was
0: literally doing like TV shows and commercials every day. Like every day I was on a different TV show or movie or commercial. Sometimes it'd be like so short. Like you would go and be done in like an hour and you would get like the full day's pay. And those days were the best. And then some days it was literally You rarely went over 16 hours because once you go over 16 hours, it's called golden time and you start getting a day's rate every hour. So they don't like to go past 16, but they will go up to 16. So, yeah, long days, long days. Back to the phone situation. Yeah, the thing I was going to talk about was I saw last night with my dad, we saw Oppenheimer. Have
1: you seen that movie? No, but I've heard lots of good things.
0: It was, it was very good. It was very long, though. But I was just thinking about how going to a movie theater, it's kind of one of the few last things left in the world where people pretty much turn off their phone or, like, don't really look at their phones and are just in the moment. I was thinking about how it was just a completely different experience to like experience the world and not be looking at your phone during it how nice it was but i think there's definitely a huge difference between like like even in the movie theater like i can look at the phone i can check the time if i need compared to not being able to like having that taken away is just that would create anxiety for me
1: that's what i was saying to our friends like when we got to their house to pick up luke i was like i went to a movie like we went to see the Barbie movie. I didn't have my phone out. I checked it a couple times again because I have a little one. But like, I feel like as an adult, I can be trusted to like put it away, you know. And and all they have to do at a show if they don't want recordings is just say no recordings. <laughs> like, I feel like you can trust people to put their phones away, and then they can just check and see like if people are turning them on. And <laughs> I don't know. It was just like an experience that we will never. <laughs> Two again. (laughs) Oh man. I'm so sorry. Not all date nights are successful, but like we still had some nice moments just like being the two of us and you know, holding hands and just having some romantic time. But we also went away, I have to say, to this incredible place this weekend to visit two castles. And we had the best weekend, I think, of the whole summer. It was so much fun. There's this one castle, I sent you a picture of it once, that is my favorite castle. And it, is
0: it the Disney one?
1: Yeah, it, it's like the Disney one, but like a real, <laughs> the, the original one that, you know, Disney takes inspiration from, that one and a lot of other castles in Europe. But it's the most amazing castle ever. And there's this little town, it's a UNESCO heritage site. And we go there pretty much every year. We figured out this was our sixth time that we've been there because we've been going like every summer. But it was so much fun to take Luca there. It was the first time because once you get in the town, it has this like river going through it and there's a castle and all this fun stuff. But once you get in, there's no cars. So we didn't even take the stroller out of the car the whole weekend. Luca was just running around exploring everything going everywhere. It had so many like playgrounds and play areas. And then we did a boat tour and took him up to the castle and the castle has like a moat that has these bears in it. And then we took him bears in the moat. (laughs) Yeah, Like it's, it's like a moat, but not there's no water in it anymore. It's just like empty and there's, they have bears living there. (laughs) we went then we took him to the other castle It was just like amazing and I I posted on my my personal Instagram I was like we used to bar hop now we castle castle hop." that's so funny but we had the best weekend of the summer so on a more positive note I'm feeling pretty good about the weekend despite last night
0: I love seeing all the posts in your videos Luca's always so cute and he always looks so happy
1: yeah, he's a really, really sweet, happy kid. And yeah, I'm definitely getting nervous for what's coming and hoping that he doesn't feel, you know, slighted or replaced or or any of those things. But in general, he seems pretty excited about the babies, and I think he's going to be an amazing brother. So he's a very happy boy. Hopefully he'll continue to be that way. <laughs>
0: I feel like on social media, it always goes one of two ways with the videos. It's always the videos of like the kid being upset by the arrival of the new sibling, or it's the kid just like adoring the new sibling.
1: Aww. I, I've seen both. They're always funny moments, regardless. I think it's a mix. Like, so a lot of my friends here have recently had an, a second child. And we all are like half of us just had babies and the other half are having babies like there's one this month, one next month, one in November, one in, then me in December and then one in January. <laughs> like we're all like just like in that phase of life, <laughs> that season of life. And it's really interesting because you definitely see that you have some really challenging moments with, you know, tantrums and like. Dealing with the arrival of the new sibling and like sharing things and and sharing mommy and daddy and all that, but there's also like moments that just take your breath away, you know when like the new like your the first baby's like cuddling the baby or holding the baby or just like they're playing together, you know all that stuff takes your breath away. So I think it's it's definitely a mix of like good and bad. So but it's all part of the journey. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Did you have a good weekend? Yes. It was Labor Day weekend here. So it was longer. We took the long weekend, that's why we were we were away. So yeah. Oh, you guys had Labor Day weekend as well? We t- we take all the holidays. We celebrate the- <laughs> No, our I mean our work lines up more with North America than Europe because our businesses are in North America, our clients are in North America, so we take the same holidays as everyone in North America, not so much the ones here. That makes sense. Yeah. I embodied the spirit of Labor
0: Day weekend. I really used it to catch up on work, which was really, really fabulous. I was like, I need another like week of this, honestly. But, but yes, it was lovely. Hi friends. We are so honored to be sponsored in part today by Nutrisense. You guys hear us talk about continuous glucose monitors, AKA CGMs all the time on this show. And in particular, we love NutriSense. And here is why. NutriSense not only provides a 24 seven moving picture of your glucose values, they also offer a unique opportunity for self-discovery. So imagine this, you have a meal and then you notice a spike in your glucose levels. So you think, hmm, that didn't go well, but here's the magic. Tomorrow you can make a simple change. You can swap whatever you were eating for something else. Now you have real-time data to evaluate the impact. Maybe instead of that fruit, you have some vegetables. Maybe instead of that oatmeal, you have some yogurt. Maybe instead of that steak, you have some fruit. The continuous feedback loop that you can get with a Nutrisense CGM empowers you to make quick, informed iterations with your meals. Maybe the change results in a completely normal glucose level, or maybe it's still a little bit high, but significantly better. Armed with this knowledge, you can refine your choices further, rapidly steering your glucose values back to the normal range. Without a continuous glucose monitor, honestly, you're just guessing and assuming that what you're doing is working. And when you go test your blood sugar levels at the doctor, that's just a snapshot of that one moment in time. It's not telling you what actually was happening throughout the day all the time. What makes Nutrisense truly transformative is its ability to create lasting habits and intrinsic motivation. So in Instead of relying on generic advice from professionals or online sources or us, you have personalized real time data from your own body. When you see the direct impact of your choices, it will resonate on a whole new level. This newfound awareness becomes the driving force, making it easier than ever to stay motivated and committed to your health journey. I promise you, friends, it's like opening your eyes to the secret to lasting change because it gives you this empowering knowledge that you just didn't have before. So if you're looking to take charge of your health, gain real insights into your body and make sustainable, positive changes, NutriSense is your ultimate partner. Join them and us on this journey of discovery and unlock your full health potential. Get started today at NutriSense.com slash IF podcast and receive a $30 discount off of your first month, which includes two CGM sensors, free shipping and professional nutritionist support. That's Nutrisense.com slash IF podcast for a $30 discount off your first month with two CGM sensors, free shipping and professional nutritionist support, which by the way, I get a lot of feedback on just how helpful that nutritionist support is. It's so easy. You can talk to them in real time in the app and they can really help you make sense of all the data that you receive from your continuous glucose monitor. Nutrisense.com slash podcast, and I am just so grateful to Nutrisense for helping support today's show. Shall we jump into questions for today?
1: Yes, I would love to.
0: All right, so to start things off, we have a question from Brian, and the subject is podcast questions, cycling, and ADF. And Brian says, I have been following ADF, which is alternate day fasting, eating 12 to 8 p.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, fasting Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and have a free day on Sunday. So it's basically three 42-hour fasts and one 16-hour fast per week since the end of November, and I have lost approximately 60 pounds around halfway to goal. General low-carb, but not super serious about it. I started cycling in early December. I'm in the Phoenix area, so it's not as bad as it sounds. It's really nice right now, and i've been riding 3 to 4 days per week on average. My question has to do with cardio type exercise and fasting. Google searching has returned really mixed results. You have to eat, you don't have to eat, you have to eat carbs, etc. I definitely notice a difference biking after i eat. I have a lot more energy on those rides. What are your thoughts and experiences with high energy output exercise like cycling or rowing and longer fasting times? Should you always eat beforehand, during, carbs or fats or protein? And does any of this interfere with the benefits from longer fasts like autophagy? How might that be impacted if the amount eaten before is less than the amount burned? Does gender make a difference?
1: Wow. Well, congratulations on getting halfway to your goal. That's amazing. And alternate-day fasting is one of the most effective ways to do that. So it sounds like you found something that's really working well for you and you're feeling good about it. When it comes to fasted workouts, I just say it really depends on your preference. Because So it sounds like you still have 60 pounds of fat that you want to lose. So you have like fuel on board you're not an athlete with like too low body fat percentage that's at risk of underfueling so i would say fasted workouts are probably fine for you as long as you if you're doing like really long or extended rides make sure to supplement with electrolytes because you will lose electrolytes when you're doing that much activity outside in the heat i, I think it comes down to how you feel so and what your goals are so it sounds like your main goal is fat loss, but then you also brought up autophagy, which you're probably getting into by going all the way to 42 hours on your fast. If you're cycling fasted, you are going to stimulate the biogenesis of more mitochondria. And that can be really amazing for a metabolic health and overall health and wellness. And you're definitely going to boost your fat loss because you're going to be fueling those rides with your stored body fat. If you are doing those rides fasted, but you, and you're going to be definitely ramping up the autophagy on those longer fasts. However, you did say that when you eat and then go biking. So if you bike, not in the fasted state, you have a lot more energy on those rides. And that's an important factor as well. I think it really comes down to how you feel, how you prefer to feel. Do you prefer to feel more energized? Some people feel more energized when they do fasted workouts. I am I tend to be one of those people. And I find that my workouts are more powerful and I'm more energetic because my body not diverting blood flow and energy to breaking down and absorbing and digesting food. So, I think that it kind of depends on what you feel best doing, what you prefer to do, because you'll probably get to your goal either way, the way that you are going <laughs> so far. And, you know, I don't think that either doing fasted workouts or not will interfere with your goal. So, I would just go with what you, know, what you personally prefer to do. And your other questions were thoughts and experiences with high energy output like cycling or rowing and longer fasting times, if you should always eat beforehand or during. So like I said, if you're an athlete with really low body fat, you probably don't have enough fuel on your body to rely on for like really extended exercise. But if you have a lot of body fat, body fat that you're wanting to burn off, then, you know, it it kind of depends on you and if you want to feel yourself off of your body fat or off of the food that you eat. And in terms of interfering with the benefits of autophagy, I would say like if autophagy is a big goal of yours, then just focus on doing the fasting and I would just do your exercise or your bike rides, or your workouts, whether it's cycling or rowing on your eating days. And then you don't really have to worry about the fact that your eating could be interfering with either your fat loss or your autophagy goal. So that's pretty much my take on it. In terms of gender, I don't really... I got that one. Okay. Go for it, Melanie. <laughs> what are your thoughts? <laughs> First of all,
0: I I loved your thoughts about all of that. And I do agree that it's it's so individual as far as people finding what works best for them. So clarification about his terminology, because he says high-energy output exercise, which immediately makes me think of, I think of high-intensity output or really glycogen-demanding output. So like high-intensity interval training or spurts or, you know, powerlifting or something like that, but he's referring it to cycling, which could also be long, slow cardio, but it would be quote high energy because it would be using a lot of energy. And the reason I'm clarifying about that is I think people can do, they can become fat adapted and do quote high energy output in that long duration, but slower energy. So If you think about somebody like Mark Sissim with his primal endurance concept, you know, he talks about, you know, running marathons and stuff and, and doing, you know, lots of endurance type exercise that is a long time timeline wise and doing it on a low carb diet and or fasting, but that's different than the high energy output from something like spurts or like I said, like doing intense weightlifting and things like that. So I just want to properly answer what what he's asking. I do think it is possible for people to become, you know, really fat adapted and do well with fasting in, quote, high energy output exercises. I think for some people, it takes maybe longer than they might expect to really get into that. But some people, maybe that just never really is what works for you. And maybe you just find more benefit with your workouts, having... You know, carbs beforehand or whatever it may be. I personally, well, I don't really do like super long, extensive energy output type exercise. I do my carol bike, which I am obsessed with and just walk and move throughout the day and, and do like M-Sculpt for muscle building. And Carol Bike, by the way, gives you a rehit workout, which is a more optimized, efficient version of than high intensity interval training, and it uses AI to adjust resistance on the bike so that you get the ideal form of rehit in your session, and it only lasts eight minutes. Although I just interviewed the founder and realized it actually can only last six minutes if you want, which like was very exciting. That was a whole tangent. But by the way, that's at carolbike.com. And the coupon code Melanie Avalon gets you $100 off. It's like my favorite thing ever. Back to Brian's question. So Vanessa really nailed it as far as intuitively finding what works for you from that. As far as the gender, I always thought this was so interesting because a lot of people, there's like this idea out there that women don't do as well with fasting as men or women don't do as well with keto as men or, or with low carb as men. When the literature, and I can find the studies for this, but I talk about it in my book and I've talked about it with other guests on my other show, the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast since then. But women actually, during exercise, more readily burn fat and more of it than men. Men's bodies tend to preferentially burn glycogen, whereas women's bodies more preferentially burn fat, which is... I don't know. That that was not expected to me, but it's it's pretty consistent in literature. Have you seen that before, Vanessa?
1: Now that you mention it, I do feel like I have. But I also love that you brought up the type of exercise and the intensity because I also wasn't sure. And one thing that I know is that if you are doing any kind of activity that is around 60 to 70% of your VO2 max, you're actually better suited to being fat fueled. So it does depend. Like you could do cycling at 60 to 70% of your VO2 max or rowing <laughs> or, and that's sort of like list long distance type of endurance exercise, like marathon running and that kind of thing. You're definitely being fueled from your fat when you're, or you're actually better off being fueled from your fat than being fueled from glycogen and like hitting that wall, which doesn't happen when you're fat fueled. But if you're doing like super high intensity, that's higher than 60 to 70% of your VO2 max, then yeah, you might need those like glycolytic reserves. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. Definitely friends, check out my interview
0: with the the founder of Carol Bike. His name is Ulrich Dimpfler He's German. And We dived so deep into all of this. So we talked about VO2 max. We talked about different substrates that you burn, how the metabolism works during energy output. It was a fascinating, fascinating conversation. We talked about how fast glycogen stores are depleted. It was really, really fun. That sounds amazing. (laughs) It was so amazing. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. So hopefully we answered Brian's question. Feel free to write back, Brian, and let us know where you ended up landing with everything. Yes. I'd love to know too. Alrighty. So two quick questions for Vanessa and these kind of go together. Brooke wants to know what's the difference between BCAAs and EAAs? How do I know which one is better for me to use? Are there certain brands that you like? And then Margaret wants to know, does Vanessa's tone protein contain amino acids like creatine and viable amounts so that she will not have to be using two powders. So, Vanessa, can you educate us a little on amino acids and what these different ones are and what your tone protein will
1: contain? Will it have creatine? Yes. So I absolutely can answer that. And both of these are great questions. So in terms of BCs, we're talking about branch chain amino acids, of which there are three that are they actually are essential amino acids. So actually, BCAs are EAs because we have leucine, isoleucine, and valine. Those are the three branched-chain amino acids, and they also happen to be part of the nine essential amino acids. So there isn't like fully a difference, although the essential amino acids, there are nine of them, so there's six more in addition to that. But the BCAs are the ones that are often marketed for sport, for growing muscle, Etc., because they do play a special role, especially leucine and isoleucine, but leucine being the foremost of the three when it comes to building muscle, because the level of leucine in your blood is this sort of nutrient signal to your body to initiate muscle protein synthesis. And it is a binary process where it's it's really just like off or on, like you're either triggering muscle protein synthesis or you're not. You're either getting enough protein at your meal that you have enough of the amino acid leucine to trigger muscle protein synthesis, which means your body is going to synthesize muscle tissue and that's going to balance out the muscle protein breakdown that happens every day. So it is really important to get BCAAs, but you can get, and it obviously is really important to get essential amino acids every day because they're essential because we have to get them from the diet. We can't make them on our own. There's 11 other amino acids that we can make on our own, but only if we have complete proteins. So in terms of supplementing, this is how I tend to look at it. If you are eating enough protein in the day. And by that, I mean, if you're getting at least 30 grams of animal protein per meal or 35 to be on the safe side, if you're doing plant proteins, you will get enough of those BCAAs at those meals and you will get enough of those essential amino acids at those meals. So you don't need to supplement with either. The only time it makes sense to supplement, is if you have a meal, and this is something I do myself and I also do with like my father and, and some other people, is if I happen to have a meal that had lower protein. So this usually happens to me when eating out. It doesn't really happen to me at home because I know how much protein to make to make sure that I have 30 grams at a meal. But if we're eating out, And the options are limited. Protein portions tend to be smaller at restaurants. I don't know if it's always the same in the US. I know the portions tend to be bigger, but in Europe, they're not as big. And, you know, sometimes I'll have to do like if I get a burger, I'll ask for double meat or go to Chipotle, ask for double meat. Or, you know, there's situations when you can get a double serving of protein, but if you can't, And you know that you had like, say, a chicken Caesar salad or something, and you know that you didn't probably get 30 grams of protein in that meal, then you could have some essential amino acids or some BCAAs. Like you can get encapsulated BCAAs, which is something I have, and just take that. And that will help top you off (laughs) so that you hit that 2.5 to 3 gram threshold. 3 gram, you really... Optimize and maximize muscle protein synthesis. So, if you take either of those things, BCAAs or essential amino acids, outside of a meal where you're trying to top off the levels, it does nothing. <laughs> it does nothing for you. It literally does zero. So, I would not use them for any other reason. And the only time that I would take BCAAs in particular is at a meal that you had a lower protein amount. So my protein, Tone Protein, has BCAs added and in a particular leucine added so that it's scientifically formulated to make sure that you hit that amount of leucine that you need every time you have a serving so that you can initiate muscle protein synthesis. In terms of brands of BCAs and EAs, I don't really know of any. That's why I'm creating my own protein because I haven't found anything that meets my standards yet. I do have some encapsulated BCAs that I found in Europe, so I don't think that's something I can really recommend. But yeah, that's something that you can have sort of in your back pocket. If you don't have BCAs, though, and you did have a smaller protein meal, like say you were out... At a restaurant, and all they had was like one egg <laughs> or something like that. You know, sometimes it happens. You can go home, and when you get home, have a protein shake and just like top that off as well. And you're going to get all the BCAs and all the EAs as well. So creatine, and thank you, Brooke, for for your question. So creatine tends to be present in like beef. For example, as well as a lot of other nutrients like carnitine, niacin. There's just so many amazing nutrients in it. One thing I can say about creatine is your body can make it if you have enough glycine and arginine. So basically, if you're taking tone protein, your body can make the creatine. So, you know, that's something that anytime you're getting a whole or complete protein, you're going to be able to synthesize creatine because you have both glycine and arginine and there is also s adenosyl methionine which is a derivative of the amino acid methionine that can help with that process of of making creatine so I don't think you fully need it as like a separate supplement but we have tweaked tone protein so that it is optimized in certain ways and you can find out more about it and get updates on it if you sign up for my email list, which is the exclusive launch discount email list as well at toneprotein.com. You'll be able to get updates on the formulation and the timing of when it's out as well as getting the launch discount. But in short, just taking Tone Protein itself, because it's a high, very high quality protein weight isolate, your body's going to be able to make the creatine from the amino acids in that. So you don't have to take like 50 different <laughs> powders and things with it.
0: Awesome. So I think that's pretty mind blowing to people who, because I think there's this narrative out there. People think they should be taking BCAAs all the time to like protect muscle or like while exercising. And so is an analogy sort of like, cause what it sounds like is it sort of like seasoning in that, like salt and pepper or something say you want to have like the ideal meal you can add like salt and pepper and seasoning to the meal and and like optimize your meal but it, you wouldn't just take salt and pepper by themselves like it it literally would do nothing
1: yeah so if you just take the bcs on their own it literally does nothing like <laughs> it just does nothing cuz it's like it it would be an analogy would be like your turning the key in the ignition of your car, but you have no gas and no like, yeah, no engine. (laughs) Ah, yeah. That's a good analogy. The engine is like the mTOR complex and the amino acids are the fuel. So if you don't have all the amino acids that you need to make the muscle, you're just like revving the engine and you're going nowhere. So it's like, it's a big marketing thing. People take BCAs in their water before working out and do this and that. But you know, you're sending the signal, but then you're telling your body, okay, build muscle, but then your body's gonna go with what? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. It's like a total waste of money. And I think there are some purposes with the essential amino acids, but you know, the only time You can take them effectively. So I talk about this a lot on my podcast, but for older people who need to eat more protein and tend to not, and the statistics on it are really alarming, most people 70 and above are not even getting like the minimum RDA for protein, let alone like optimal amounts of protein or what they actually need. Because whenever you're aging or you're ill or you're growing, you need more protein. And so, what I do is, I have people in my family take BCAs that are encapsulated with their meals. And that's going to help them bump up the leucine so that even if they are not eating a lot of protein at the meal, at least they will get muscle protein synthesis initiated and also shakes because, you know, a lot of people just don't want to eat that much as they get older. But, like, a really tasty, like chocolate or vanilla shake or something can be enticing and can really help with preserving muscle mass. So I do think there's a role for BCAs when it comes to that. Wow. I asked for questions for the
0: show and I didn't integrate any of them into this episode, but so many people were like, when is Vanessa's protein powder coming? Their people are very excited.
1: <laughs> it makes me so happy when I see that because I'm like, yay, you're excited as excited as I am. I definitely think it's it's going to be worth the wait and it's something that you are all going to love. So I appreciate your patience in waiting for it and getting excited for it and it'll be here before you know it. So if you are on the email list, you'll be the first to know when it is out. So I'll keep you updated there. Very excited.
0: All right. Shall we go
1: to our next question?
0: By the way, that was very educational. I should know more about this, but it's not my, I think probably because I just eat so much protein that I haven't focused on the specifics of it so much. So I always learn so much hearing that from you. So thank you.
1: Aw, that's so nice. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I always learn so much from you like every episode or every time we talk. So (laughs) it's definitely mutual.
0: Mutual, mutual learning pool.
1: Hi, friends. As you
0: guys know, I'm a little bit obsessed with the importance of reducing our exposure to environmental toxins. Did you know there is a hidden culprit that is around us everywhere that the International Agency for Research on Cancer, also known as the IARC, classifies as group 2B carcinogens? This means they are possibly carcinogenic to humans. And while the science is still evolving, multiple studies have linked high levels of this to a range of health issues. I'm talking about EMFs, electromagnetic fields, radiation. EMFs are emitted from so many things today. Our smartphones, our Wi-Fi, our smart devices in our homes. In fact, if you have an iPhone and you go into the legal section, it will actually recommend that you don't use it like a normal phone and hold it to your head and instead use speakerphone to reduce exposure to potentially harmful EMFs. Why does the IARC consider EMF's group to be? That was based in part on increased risk of brain cancer associated with wireless phones. A 2000 analysis of multiple studies showed that children living in homes with very high EMF levels had a slightly increased risk of leukemia. Multiple studies have also found reproductive effects. A 2008 study suggested that using mobile phones may decrease semen quality in men by decreasing sperm count, motility, viability, and morphology there are also neurological effects. If you get headaches, please stop using the AirPods. Please reduce your EMF exposure. Some studies have speculated that EMFs could influence brain activity and impact sleep and even affect EEG patterns during the awake state. One study found that workers exposed to EMFs showed altered heart rate variability, suggesting an influence on the autonomic nervous system. And a lot of individuals may be particularly sensitive to EMFs, and experience headaches, fatigue, stress, and sleep disturbances. That's why I am so excited to be launching a line of EMF blocking products to help protect you. I'm starting with one of the easiest, most profound changes you can take in your daily life, and that is by not using your phone like a normal phone and not wearing AirPods. Friends, take out the AirPods, I shudder. These EMS literally affect the calcium channels of our cells. You do not want that right by your brain. My Avalon X powered by SYB is going to be an incredible line of EMF blocking products. We're launching with air tubes that is EMF free headphones that you can use with your phone. They have all the normal features of normal headphones, so you can do calls, speak on them, play music, skip ahead, adjust volume, all the things, well, all the things except EMF exposure. And I am beyond thrilled because we are launching in two of my favorite colors, black and rose gold. Get on my email list so that you don't miss that. That is at melanieavalon.com slash EMF email list. We'll be doing an amazing launch special so you don't want to miss that. Again, that is melanieavalon.com EMF email list so that you don't miss the exclusive discount for my air tubes. They will make incredible gifts for both yourself and others. melanieavalon.com EMF email list. You can also use the coupon code melanieavalon to get 10% off site-wide from my fantastic partner Shield Your Body. For that, just go to melanieavalon.com slash shield your body and use the coupon code Melanie Avalon. They have so many EMF blocking products. So definitely check them out.
1: Yes. So we have a question from Teresa on Facebook. She says, okay, first off, love the two of you together, blue heart. She has a lot of emojis. I love the emojis. And while I don't really do much fasting or follow specific ways of eating, I've always been one to prioritize protein and whole foods especially since discovering that I can eat gluten in my early 20s, which leads me to my next question that I just have to ask. <laughs> Laughing emoji. Melanie Avalon, is your GI system completely accustomed to your diet or do you find that you are eliminating blueberry and cucumber fiber like crazy? I'm so sorry and I'm sure it's TMI. Too much information. <laughs> never TMI with me. (laughs) But even regularly when I eat large amounts of certain fruits slash nuts slash fibrous foods, I definitely notice massive bulk. I'm so sorry if this is too much. I just have always been so curious and hiding her eyes, LOL. Yes. And she also included the little emoji with, I don't know what to call it, the little
0: the little bowel movement emoji as well. The poop emoji. Yes. <laughs> we love the emojis.
1: Keep them coming. Yes.
0: Feel free to include in your questions your favorite emoji. I would love to hear people's favorite emojis. I find it really interesting in this whole topic that there are so many people that don't even think about this ever. And then people who are beyond obsessed with this. I tend to fall on the in the Beyond Obsessed camp. Cynthia was also very much into bowel movement issues. Where, where do you land on the? <laughs> Jim did not think about it much, I don't think.
1: I think, yeah, I think it's definitely important. I remember someone, I think it was my book publisher, told me that one of their most popular books was like a book just about poop. And it was like, like it had guides and illustrations. And I thought that was hilarious because I was like, yeah, I, I, I mean, people... Want to know the info? So funny. I'm having flashbacks from when I was little and I had the little book that like taught you how to go to the bathroom. Does Luca have that book? One of those books? We have a book about potty training and he's really into that one right now. So maybe I need to get this other book you're talking about.
0: All the books, all the time. I don't know if I should tell this story. It's probably not even funny.
1: Every time you say, I don't know if I should tell this, I'm like, you'll now you have to. I
0: just know, like one of the one of our favorite home videos in our family is when we were little. And what's I think why it's so powerful to me is I have the memory associated with it. Like I remember being there, and then seeing it on camera is just so funny. So I must have been at least it was in our first house. So the oldest I could have been was like four. And then I had my brother and sister, and we were all taking a bath together. And one of them, I guess, had a little poop situation in the, in the, <laughs> in the, in the bath. And I distinctly remember being there and seeing the little poop turds like <laughs> floating in the water. And I remember telling my dad or whoever was like there filming us, nobody believed me. And I was right. And, and we have the video and in the video, it's like us all playing. And like my brother and sister are like splashing and I'm, I'm like splashing. And then like, you see me notice it and you see me
1: just like staring at it. And like, I like have a, I like have a moment. Family videos are the best. Like you just laugh so hard until your stomach hurts.
0: They're so, so great. Yeah. It's like laser focus. And I'm like, yeah. And I just, I remember being vindicated though, because finally they, they believed me.
1: You had the evidence.
0: Yeah. I have that memory though, of, like seeing it in the water.
1: Do you think you have the memory though? Or do you think you have the memory because of the video?
0: I don't think it's from the video because when we would watch the video, I was like, yes, I remember. Like I was there. Vindication. This is that time that nobody believed me. That's so funny. Good times. Good. Now I want to go watch like home videos. Back to the question. So there is the the Bristol stool chart people are probably familiar with. So it has seven types of stool consistencies. You can Google this if you like. They'll say that, you know, that you should exist in a certain sphere on this chart. So they say that type ones to 2 indicate constipation. Types 3 to 4 are ideal stools and are easier to pass and type 5 to 7 may indicate diarrhea and urgency. And the thing is people are all over the spectrum with this. So on the one hand you have people on carnivore diets who are, you know, eliminating once every few days maybe but they don't have any feelings of constipation and they have easy eliminations. Then you have people on the like the vegan spectrum who are eliminating multiple times a day like all this bulk and all this fiber and My thoughts on all of this is that so much of it is affected by diet and the gut microbiome, and I don't know how much we should hardcore overanalyze or try to achieve some certain ideal stool despite there being a Bristol stool chart. I think it's more about do you feel like you're eliminating completely or not? So like when you're having bowel movements, how are you feeling? Do you feel like That was like, you know, a complete evacuation, or do you feel like that it's not moving through slowly? So I wouldn't get overly fixated on if you're having a lot more fiber and then you're noticing massive bulk in your bowel movements. I mean, it really depends on are you having GI distress with that? So if you're having bulk and you're not having any GI distress, I mean, I I don't see that there's any issue. But if you're having bulk and you're also constipated and bloated and having issues, then There's probably something to work on there. If you want my personal answer in the the TMI front, I use a lot of digestive enzymes. I'm a big fan of digestive enzymes. I do plan to launch my own in the future, and I'm so excited about them. So when I take a lot of digestive enzymes, that massively affects the amount of bulk that I will have because those enzymes help break down all of that fiber. If I didn't take any digestive enzymes, I would have probably like she's experiencing the massive bulk but i use a lot of enzymes which helps with that so the point that i want to make about all of this is that it's a massive spectrum of the stool potential and i would look at a lot of things beyond just the actual chart or look of it and how you actually
1: feel beyond that do you have any thoughts vanessa I mean, she really wanted to know about your bowel movements, you know, so (laughs) I don't feel like I have much to add, but I do eat similarly to you. And I will say from trying carnivore, I noticed the same thing happening and I found it fascinating because at the time, like I was really like learning as much as I could about like the microbiota and what's happening. Like it's shifting when you eat more carnivore, but also what I found fascinating is that they – so there's, like, this kind of strange procedure that people can get where they, like, bypass their stomach and they can, like, eat and then it, like, goes into this, like, receptacle – I don't know if you've heard about this.
0: Is it where they get rid of their colon, their
1: large intestine? So there's – it's it's a fat loss strategy where they – it's different from that, but you're right though. What I was going to say next is that what they found with people who don't have a colon and have to eliminate like through this like assisted method that when they were eating a lot of protein or mostly protein, like there was nothing there, like that the body was just basically like using everything either for hormones, neurotransmitters, our body is like mostly protein, right? It's like 60 or 40% protein. So like everything in your body from your tissues to your, many of your hormones, like thyroid hormone, insulin hormone are made of peptides, proteins, like so many things in our, like all of our cells are just like little 3d protein printers. So we just like use so much of the protein that we consume. So either we're using it to like build muscle, build actual tissue, create any of these different biomolecules or we can actually oxidize it as, as fuel as well. Like there's certain amino acids that just fuel our colonocytes. It's like we use most of the protein. It's like, it's really not so much a fuel. And then we have like the gut to help us assist and break down like fiber and carbohydrate foods. And then, you know, fat, you know, there's different like forms and, and things, but it's really it really fascinated me that the elimination would go down and that they found that for the most part people's digestive issues were very much improved with less fiber. Whereas like I found that to be mind-blowing because my whole life I had heard like you need more fiber. You need more fiber for good digestion. You have to have more fiber. And then I tried carnivore and I was like, "Wait, like maybe digestion can improve this way. And I read a lot of stories from people. I found that was really interesting. I don't eat carnivore now, but I eat like carnivore-ish style because I eat mostly, you know, protein. I do eat similar to you in terms of like cucumbers and blueberries. And I do a lot of iceberg lettuce too. But yeah, I mean, (laughs) she really wanted to know about your bowel movement. So I know it's, it's the hot topic. (laughs) Yeah, and I get it. Like you eat a very specific way. I also eat like a similarly specific way. And so but everyone's different, right? Like for some people, you might be eliminating more or less, you know, processing, eliminating more or less depending. And I think it's great that you, you know, mentioned that, you know, chart. People can go look it up or get the book (laughs) and learn, you know, about all the different the different types of stool. But I think it's good to know in general, like like what does it mean if you're like you know really like eliminating in certain ways like it could be like you don't want to be constipated but you don't also want to be like on the other end of the spectrum either so yeah it's a it's a great question there's a study that
0: people in the carnivore world often reference and I wish there were more studies like this cuz it's a very small study but it was overwhelmingly it might be one of the ones you're talking about. It was only a handful of people, but basically it was people with g i distress and they went on a a zero fiber diet, and every single person had a complete resolution of constipation.
1: Yes, yes, there's another one. I interviewed this scientist he was out of i think Germany, and they found that they were able to completely heal sibo with carnivore and then there's a you know medicine, or they have a new name. It's like IFM Institute of, of medicine, of functional medicine or something in Hungary. And they treat cancer like very successfully with ketogenic carnivore with lots of organ meats. Yeah. I'm fascinated by carnivore. I think it's an amazing protocol. And also a lot of it is due from the fact that you're eliminating all the processed foods and the oils and seed oils and all the hyper-processed foods and all the sugar and the, all the <laughs> wheat and the grains and everything. And you're really just – it simplified life so much for me. I really enjoy the simplicity of it. And I still feel like I eat very much like carnivore-ish. Like I was saying, is like carnivore plus, you know, like mostly berries and like cucumbers and lettuce. And I feel great. Like I feel – Really satisfied from it. It's not for everybody, but <laughs> I I feel great on it. So, you know, I I don't feel like changing anything. But I also find it's not limiting. Like I had the most amazing protein pizza for dinner right before we recorded. It's one of my favorite meals to make. And we usually do pizza night at least one night a week. I get this whole massive pizza. The crust is all made out of of egg whites and egg white protein powder. And I put mozzarella on it and ham and chicken and lots of like delicious herbs and olives and mushrooms, sometimes jalapenos and chilies. And it's so satisfying. It's so delicious. And then I make like a yogurt dip that's kind of like a spicy ranch. And it's just like, it's just so good. And it's so satisfying. And there's a lot you can do, you know, even though the way that I eat may sound limiting to some people, like I feel very satisfied and very happy (laughs) on it. And I'm always very like full and, and nourished. And it's just one last thing I wanted to say, like we were talking about last week about how, like I, I still, you know, mostly do two meals a day while pregnant. Although, like I said, I would change it up at any time if I didn't feel good on it, but my meals are so nutrient dense that I think that's, part of why I can eat this way. Whereas like if I was eating a lot of processed food or food that wasn't nutrient dense, then I probably would need to eat like five or six times a day. So (laughs) nutrient density is really key. And I eat a lot of organ meats and just, yeah, lots and lots of nutritious proteins and some of the most nutrient dense, you know, plant foods. I'm curious, do you notice,
0: because we talked before about like nightshades and food sensitivities, when you put the peppers on the pizza, do you notice any effects from that?
1: Yeah. So I was talking last episode about how like I had peppers a couple nights and I woke up with like really bad back pain and I haven't had them since then. So on the pizza, I put chili, like chili pepper, but it's just like very small red chilies and it doesn't, that those don't affect me. It's like when I have a big serving of red, yellow bell pepper. And the more cooked they are, the more it's an issue. So sometimes like I'll make a salad with bell peppers in it or mini bell bell peppers and they're raw. And it, I don't wake up with any of that pain, but when they're, when I, I grilled them, it must've like released like all of the, the nightshade and the lectins or whichever of the two I reacted to, because it was, it was crystal clear that that's what it was. Cause it happened to me several years ago, a few times and it happened a few weeks ago. And then I retested it happening again. I was like, ah, <laughs> now I have to go, go like, you know, all morning feeling this way. But like I was saying at the beginning, was it this episode or the one before? Like, I don't have pain in my body ever. So, you know, it's, it's very easy to identify the things, but yeah, I just put like the, you know, the tiny little, red chili peppers. And those, those don't affect me. Like the flakes or like the peppers, the actual peppers, like I slice them. And then sometimes I put jalapenos, but those are from like a jar and those also don't bother me. So, you know, it it's like, you really have to experiment because sometimes if you just rule out everything in that like family, you might like not realize that, you know, some of them you're okay with or you can manage fine. I need to fact check this, but I think I think I read that humans
0: are the only species that willingly eat and engage in foods that just create pain with no benefit beyond that. You know,
1: like people who like love really spicy foods. I love spicy food. Do you? Not really, no. See, I was raised in Southeast Asia and, and in China and I love spicy food, like spicy curry, spicy, we make actually make a lot of curry with coconut milk. And like red curry, chicken curry, beef curry. It's so good. My husband and I go through like so much hot sauce. It's crazy. Like I just had to buy this whole like it's like a 10 liter or something of like Frank's hot sauce because it's really hard to get locally. There's like this store here in Prague called the American Candy Store. And it has a lot of like the American Type foods that you can't get here. So I always get like, you know, the classic American mustard from there because I love yellow mustard. Oh, wow. So they have like non-candy stuff too? Yeah. Like it's, it's a lot of candy and a lot of cereal, but they have like sauces and juices and drinks and like sodas and all the things, you know, that are from the U.S. and they, they import them in, but then they like ran out of our favorite hot sauce. I love Louisiana and Frank's And so I went on Amazon, Germany, and they had this like 10 liter bottle of it. So we have this like giant one right now, but we both put hot sauce on like everything. And yeah, that doesn't bother me either, which is great because that would be very unfortunate, but I love the spice. It's good thermic effect too for your metabolism. That is
0: true. Yeah. I do a lot of like turmeric and ginger, but those aren't really
1: spicy. They're awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I love ginger tea and making dressings with ginger. It's so good.
0: Is Amazon Germany in German?
1: So, yeah, it. but you can change the settings so that it's always in English. And that's the closest Amazon to us here. So that's like when I order things, it's usually from there. Like I order a lot of clothes for Luca on there, like appliances and things. And are the movies in Czech? if you go to a theater? They have both, so they're usually all English with like Czech subtitles, or they'll have the they'll have it dubbed in Czech for for Czech speakers.
0: When you watch stuff at home, do you put on subtitles? Yep. Yeah, me too.
1: I can't watch anything without them now. I just feel like it's a more engaging experience, and I don't miss anything. And I got peed into it because it used to drive him crazy.
0: I'm like all about it, and you don't even see them anymore. It's just like part of it. Cause then you go to the movie theater. I'm like, oh, there's no subtitles.
1: Yeah, it's true. I'm so used to them because every time we go to the movies, they ha- they have them here. But yeah, I, I can't watch anything without them now. And it yeah. And I also like it's I think it's better for you to have a lower volume anyway and like have the subtitles on. So yeah. But for the Oppenheimer movie, I was gonna ask you if it was hard to sit through all that because three hours for me feels like too long. Like, I'm like, I think we have to watch it at home. Even though my parents were like, you have to see it in the movie theater. I'm like, I don't think I can. (laughs) It's just too long.
0: It was longer in the beginning and that like, I was watching it and I was like, I had a moment where I was like, okay, I feel like we're, you know, two hours in now. And I checked my thing and it was only an hour. I was like, oh, got a ways to go. And there's definitely like a point where like two hours in, it feels like it's over, but you still have like an hour left and you're like, okay. Third act?
1: Are there intermissions? No, nope. no. Yeah, that's that's rough. I think the last three hour one I saw was Pearl Harbor. I was like a long time ago, and it was long. <laughs> it was really
0: long. Yeah, it was. It was long. I had my wine though, and I oh, that helped. Yeah, I didn't. Well, I didn't start drinking it until like the last, you know, second half. I it's kind of like a boost.
1: So, how much will you drink in like a three hour movie?
0: Well, again, I didn't start drinking it until the end of it. So I probably had like, well, and I also was drinking a very, very light dry firm wines, which I'll drink more of than if it's like a fuller bodied one. Probably had like a glass and a half.
1: Yeah, that would be similar to what I would drink. Because I remember you mentioned once that like you'll have like just, was it, was it, maybe I'm thinking of the coffee. Oh yeah. Coffee, I have just like a sip. A sip. But do you ever do that with the wine? I did that for a year. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, "Are you just having one sip?" Yeah, essentially. And I consider
0: it not. I say I like didn't drink that whole year because I really it literally was just like a sip for like the hormetic potential, kind of like as a digestive. I was literally taking it more of like a supplement than a drink. While I'm mentioning, I'll give links for those two things. I only. If I can drink Dry Farm Wines that I'm just so obsessed with, I mean, you can get a bottle for a penny at dryfarmwines.com slash ifpodcast. And then the coffee I drink is Danger Coffee, which is Dave Asprey's new coffee brand. And it's remineralized with over 50 trace minerals. And I am obsessed with it, even though I only drink a little bit, but I really love it. Historically, I was drinking Bulletproof Coffee for a decade. But then when he got kicked out of that company and started Danger Coffee... I decided to try that so listeners can get a discount with the coupon code Melanie Avalon at MelanieAvalon.com slash danger coffee. So, okay. Well, on that note... If listeners would like to submit their own questions for the show, they can directly email questions at iapodcast.com or you can go to iapodcast.com and you can submit questions there. Feel free to let us know in your questions your favorite emoji. Feel free to include emojis. And the show notes will be at iapodcast.com slash episode 340. Those show notes will have a full transcript as well as links to everything that we talked about. So definitely check that out. Then you can follow us on Instagram. We are IF Podcast. I am Melanie Avalon. Vanessa is Ketogenic Girl. I think that is all the things. Anything from you, Vanessa, before we go?
1: I had so much fun with you. Again, thank you listeners for the wonderful questions, for the interest in Tone Protein and all the things that we do. And for yeah for being here I know I had so much fun I enjoy our episodes so much so I love hearing from
0: the listeners I wish we could do like a live show someday oh that would be insane that'd be fun with like a oh I was thinking like a a moderator but that doesn't really make sense
1: I need to put that in my vibrational escrow manifest it I love that that would be so fun we could do like a tour (laughs) we could do like listener Q&A I had the time of my life when I went on my book tour. It was so much fun. And I always think about doing a podcast tour, but yeah, together that would be insane.
0: Oh my gosh. How many places did you go on your tour?
1: We had 11 cities and I just like presented at all of them and it was so much fun because the very last one I went to like from Miami, Connecticut, Arizona, LA, everywhere the LA one was really fun. They were all really fun. Where was the LA one? It was at this really cool bookstore. It's kind of like I had seen it on Instagram before. I even knew that that's where it was going to be. I can't remember the name of it now, but it was like this really cool venue. Is it downtown? Yes, downtown. I think I know. I know what you're talking about. It was. It was really, really fun to be there, and it was a thrill too. I was like, it's themed, right? Yeah, I feel like it's called Couches and something or something with a C. It's quite, like, it's relatively large and it's very, like, unique. And everyone's, like, kind of angry hipster working there. But it was a thrill. It was really cool to, like, fly in there and, and and speak there. And then the went to San Francisco. And the very last stop was in Denver. So all my family got to come. And that one, like, they pretty much were all standing room only. But that one was like the most awesome one because all my like family was there too. And they all came and got to see how like well attended it was. And it actually was like really stormy and rainy that day. So I was kind of nervous before that like some people would stay home, you know, because when the weather's bad, like it's less motivating to go out. But everybody came out. Yeah, I had so much fun. So podcast tour, that would be lit. That would be so much fun. Was it
0: the last bookstore? That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Why did I think C? I don't know why, but yeah, it's the last bookstore. I saw that, I was like, wait, but that's not a C, but that's the one I was thinking of. Mine was like during my like dark time and it was at the Barnes and Noble in LA. And there was like a only like a handful of people, and it would be interesting. I would love to like do that all again now. I feel like it would be a completely different experience.
1: Yeah, totally. Cause what year was that? Twenty eighteen. Yeah, I think it would be so different to do it now. And the comedian that we went to go see last night, he has a podcast. It's like in the top, you know, 50 or whatever of like all podcasts. And so many people were there. And I kept saying to Pete, it's because of his podcast. Like, and obviously Netflix and stuff, but it's definitely because of the podcast. Like, I think there was like, I don't know, it felt like maybe several thousand people. And I know he didn't have that audience before, but he has such a popular podcast and podcasts are global. They reach so many people. Yeah. I think it would be so cool to do it now. Cause like when I went and did that one too, yeah, it was way before I had a podcast or anything like that. Yeah. Well, I'll work on my travel skills. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cause that would be a lot of cities we'd have to go to, but we could, yeah, we could put it in our vibrational escrow and manifest it manifestation well
0: this has been absolutely wonderful and for now we can just keep our shows virtual thank you for listeners for all the questions and i will talk to you next week talk to you soon bye bye thank you so much for listening to the intermittent fasting podcast please remember everything we discussed on this show does not constitute medical advice and no patient doctor relationship is formed if you enjoyed the show please consider writing a review on itunes we couldn't do this without our amazing team administration by sharon merriman editing by podcast doctors show notes and artwork by brianna Joyner. transcripts by speech docs and original theme composed by Leland Cox and recomposed by
1: Steve Saunders. See you next week.